Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast. My name is Penny Lacasso and I am the world's first happiness hacker. I'm on a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to intentionally adapt in order to future-proof happiness by 2025. Six years ago, I turned my life completely upside down in pursuit of happiness. I left a 16-year career as an executive in a global giant at the absolute top of my game. I relocated my family from Perth back to Melbourne, which is like moving from LA to New York, left an 18-year relationship and started my own purpose-driven company, HackingHappy.co. I have now spent the past six years as an entrepreneur with a deep-seated passion for learning how I can hack my own happiness and help beautiful humans just like you to do the same. I truly believe the world is suffering from happiness poverty, and I'm making absolutely no apologies in searching for a solution. In this podcast, I'll share my hacking happiness journey, my experiments, some of them crazy, my conversations with experts, and most importantly, practical hacks that enable you to let go of the things that are not serving you and lean in to more of what lights you up. But be warned, you may find it a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to challenge you that that's exactly where you need to be because growth occurs in discomfort. So if you're ready to cultivate a practice of injecting more joy into every day, let's get started. Greetings. Welcome back, fellow happiness hackers, to another Hacking Happy podcast episode. Now, for those of you who may have been with me for a little while, I'm pretty certain today's episode is going to be hugely valuable to you because if there is one thing that I hear constantly from people, especially when they take the Hacking Happy assessment or when they join the Hacking Happy Collective Facebook community, the one thing people tell me would be most helpful in enabling them to create the space for more of the things that light them up, more of the things that matter to them, is help me learn how to say no more often to the things that are not in alignment to the things that I actually want to do. And so today, I thought we might talk about the word no and how using it more often can actually create the space for more yes around what matters to you. So that is where I want to play. Now, I'm also, as always, I am a hacker, so I'm all about giving you really simple experiments to help you take what I'm sharing and apply it in your own every day. So I'm going to give you five simple ways to build your confidence in delivering an intentional no more often. So I want to stop there for a moment and take a breath and get you to take pause. I want you to perhaps close your eyes, just connect in with where you're at, and then I want you to think about when the last time was that you said yes to something that you didn't wanna do. Think about how that made you feel. Think about how long delivering that action that you didn't wanna do that you would have preferred to say no to actually took you. And then I want you to consider what did that action take you away from? What do you wish you had have done with that time? Now, for most people that I meet, 
saying yes to things they don't want to do because they'd prefer to avoid the discomfort of saying no is a daily practice. This is something most of us do most often. I'll never forget running my Busy Equals Bullshit program in a large corporation a little while back. And when I asked the room what would be most helpful in them getting rid of the busy and creating the space for more of the intentional work that they truly wanted to do, the consistent feedback came back from this global organisation was that we are a company of yes. So we constantly say yes to everything. And what would be most helpful to us would be give us the courage and the confidence to say no so that we can do less but have far greater impact. And I just thought that was so insightful because this particular company would be a name that many of you would know. They are huge globally and they were screaming out for help in enabling them to say no in order to create the space for higher impact work. I mean, what a gift for an organisation. It's so clear what you can do to help them. So today I want to talk about this confidence and courage to say no. And the reason I feel it's so important for us to execute our no more often is because the more we say yes to other people and yes to opportunities and activities that are not in alignment with the impact or the legacy that we seek to have, the more this impacts our ability to be happy each day and the more it impacts our ability to move closer to the life we actually want to live. So why do we do this? Well, I can speak for myself <laughs> because I have suffered from what I term people pleaser syndrome for many years and I'm slowly letting it go. I'm slowly letting it go by skilling myself in the art of saying no. It's a practice. Yeah, It's something that I have to experiment with ongoing because saying no, let's face it, feels uncomfortable and it's hard. We don't want to let people down. You know, it doesn't feel good. But this idea of it being about letting people down, you know, it's the narrative that we're telling ourselves. So why is this such a problem? Well, it's a problem because I've experienced how saying no more often can significantly impact and create the space to realise your dreams quicker and equally have greater impact on the lives of others. After spending over six years now on my own personal hacking happiness journey, I have come to realize that the people that are happiest and most successful in the context of how they defined success are the ones who use their no and they use it daily. They are not afraid to say no and say it often. In fact, what happens is that these successful, fulfilled and happy people actually say no more than they say yes. Because these people know that the more that they say no to opportunities that are not in alignment with what lights them up, what their aspirations are, the more they say yes to themselves and the space for the things that they actually long for. So here's the thing, every yes that you give away unconsciously and without due consideration is like adding bricks to an invisible wall between you and the aspirations that you have. Now, why is this? Well, because you are giving away 
your most precious resource, which I spoke about in last week's episode of this podcast. The most precious resource you have available to you in hacking your happiness, in living the life that you truly long for, is time. And once it's gone, you cannot get it back. So how do we get comfortable with practicing the delivery of a no? How do you use it to create the space to deliver the legacy or the impact that you actually seek and live a life that's more in alignment, more energizing, more joyful each day? Well, what I want to do today is be short and sweet and share with you five simple practices that have helped me build my confidence in delivering a no more often when it makes sense to do it. So let me start with hack number one or practice number one. Now I call this change the language of no. So if you want to become an expert experimenter in delivering a no, the first place to start is to consider how the language you use impacts your ability to make change. Words help frame in your brain your sense of control. Yeah. So according to James Clear, in an article that he wrote, which was entitled A Scientific Guide to Say No, the words you use create a feedback loop in your brain and that impacts your future behaviour. The words you use create a feedback loop in your brain which impacts your future behaviour. So for example, if every time you want to present a no, you in your head tell yourself, I can't deliver a no, I'm going to let this person down, it makes me feel uncomfortable, you're creating a feedback loop that is a reminder of your limitations because every time a similar situation like this presents, your brain's going to reconnect back with that narrative and reinforce it, which is only going to make it harder and harder for you to get your no on. So what I want you to consider doing for this simple practice is why not try reframing your language when you want to experiment or when you want to deliver a no by consciously saying to yourself, I can say no. The impact is not going to be that significant. Yes, it will be uncomfortable, but I'm completely capable of doing this. And the more often I do it and say no to the things that are not in alignment, the more time and space I'm going to have for the things that I truly want to do. This simple reframe resets the feedback loop in your brain and reminds you that you have control and influence and power over this situation. You are capable of delivering a no. So that's practice number one. Consider reframing or changing the language when you want to deliver a no in terms of your internal dialogue. Because one of the things that I firmly believe, and I talk about this all the time, is that the language you use determines your ability to make change. Remember that. It is a really powerful tool. Okay, practice number two. Get clear on what you want. You can't say no to things if you don't know what you want because you don't know what's in alignment and you, therefore you don't know how to assess these opportunities that present themselves in the everyday, be they work, be they life, any of that stuff. So Warren Buffett, who would probably be considered, I've mentioned him before, one of the most successful self-made investors in the world, 
has a really strong practice around saying no. And he uses a really simple two-step process, which I thought I would share with you to help you get clear on what you want in order to make it easier to assess opportunities that you say yes and no to. So his two-step process, which is designed to actually say no to time-wasting or activities that are not in alignment with where he wants to invest his time. Step number one in his two-step process is write down your top 25 life goals. That's a lot of goals, right? But just basically freestyle. Get a piece of paper, write down your top 25 goals, and then go back over the list and circle just the top five. The top five in the context that are most important to you. When you've done that, I would actually personally argue five's too many. I have read a lot of research that says that our brain works best in threes. So I would say take Warren's step one a step further and shortlist your top 25 goals down to the three most important life goals for you. Okay. That's my challenge to you. And then the second step to Warren's little process to help you get clear on what you want is to completely go back and eliminate all of the other goals other than the three you've selected from the list. That's exactly right. Cross them off. Now, the reason for this is that all of those other goals serve as a distraction from you achieving the three that you have determined are most important to you. So those three goals then form a basis for you to understand what matters to you and use that to feed into practice number three that I'm just about to share with you to help you feel more confident in delivering a no. So you've got your three goals, your three life goals, the things that are most important to you. Now I want you to feed that into practice number three, which is create your no selection criteria. Now, this has been something that I I revisit this probably every six months, has been a game changer in the context of my hacking happiness journey. And I use my no selection criteria all the time. So you've reframed the language you used and created a clear set of priorities, right, based on Warren's simple steps. Now, what I want you to do is create a simple checklist to help you consciously evaluate every opportunity or request that comes your way. I want to help you create a simple list that's going to make it really clear to you whether or not you should deliver a yes or a no. Now, this little list, it's basically your non-negotiables. These no selection criteria, as I call them, are basically things that must be met in order for you to say yes to an opportunity. So what, what would it look like? Well, let me share with you my no selection criteria. I've only recently updated them so they are completely fresh so that you can get a feel for what your no selection criteria might look like because I'll guarantee it's going to be fundamentally different to mine because my goals and what I want to achieve in my life is going to be different to what makes you happy because all of our journeys are uniquely our own and it's so important that we honour that in the context of exploring and experimenting with happiness. So my single-minded mission, in case you didn't know, is to teach 10 million humans by 2025 how to find what happiness looks like for them. Now, the criteria, the no selection criteria I have created to help me evaluate whether opportunities are in alignment with delivering that mission are as follows. So number one, when an opportunity presents, is it value aligned? 
So is it aligned to my personal values? And is it also aligned to the value or the impact that I want to create in the world? Number two of my no selection criteria, does it positively impact the lives of others? That is so important to me. And when I left my old life and turned my whole life upside down in pursuit of happiness, one of the most important things to me in how I stepped into the next chapter of my life was that the work that I did positively impacted the lives of others, which is why that gets placed number two on my no selection criteria. Number three, does it support the realisation of my three key goals for 2021? which I've, again, clearly articulated in my plans for this year, so I know what they are. Number four, are the people that I'm collaborating with open to experimentation and trying new things? Because, again, I mean, what you're basically creating is, you know, your no selection criteria is, is this opportunity completely in alignment with the things that I want to be investing my time on? Is it in alignment with the things that I value, that I know that energize me and light me up? So that's why for me, experimentation, I call myself an imperfect experimenter. Experimentation is so important to the work that I do because without experimentation, there can be no change. How do we learn new things? How do we try new things? How do we open our mind to what's truly possible? Number five of my no selection criteria is will it be fun? Because if it's not fun, then why am I doing it? And then number six, will it provide me with an opportunity for longer term growth? Now, they're my no selection criteria, and I would love to challenge you off the back of listening to today's podcast to go and have a try at creating your own no selection criteria and then put it somewhere visible, somewhere where you'll see it every day, especially when you're working. And when you get these opportunities that you constantly say yes to, that you wish you'd rather say no to, that are occupying time and space and taking you away from the impact you seek, go to your list, check off whether it is in alignment. And if it's not, you've got a firm basis that you can confidently and intentionally execute a no which leads to my fourth practice in how to build the confidence to deliver a no when you want to. This is get your no on. And basically what I'm saying is the only way to build your confidence in delivering a no is to start to practice. It's starting to experiment because like with anything that we do in the realm of hacking happiness, the more we experiment, the more we practice, the more courage and confidence we build in our ability, the more we realise that things are not as scary as what we thought they would be and the more capable we are of creating space for the things that light us up. Right, so how do you get your no on? How do you start to play with this practice? Well, I wanted to give you a really simple framework to enable you to do that. Now, All of the stuff, just I'm going to take pause for a moment, that I am sharing again in today's podcast is in a blog that I created a little while back that I will put in the show notes. So if you want to go back over anything or you want to go into the framework in more detail than I'm about to share with you to help you deliver a no with confidence more often, please check that out in the show notes. It's called The Art of Delivering a No. Okay, so practice number four, get your no on. Where do we start? Okay, this is a really simple framework to start practicing with your no. First thing you want to do when someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do, that you've assessed against your no selection criteria, 
I want you to acknowledge the person. That's the first step, acknowledge. Show the person you have listened and heard their request. You might even want to reiterate it back to them, you know, so I understand that you have asked me to do X so that they feel heard. I think that's really important. They feel heard and they're clear that you understand what is being asked of you. So step one in practicing a no is acknowledge to the person that you've heard and understood what they're asking of you. Step two, own it. Be honest in your response when you deliver a no. Often we try and skirt around the edges, we don't really deliver a no, and therefore we end up in this predicament where we wanted to say no, but we didn't, and we end up doing it anyway. So be honest. So an example of being honest might be, for me, for example, right, someone asks me to do something or presents me with an opportunity, say it's a podcast interview for me, okay? I get asked to do podcasts all the time. My response might be, I'm on a mission to achieve or impact 10 million lives by 2025 by making or helping people find what makes them happy, which means I need to be really single-minded in my focus to create the impact uh, that I seek. Unfortunately, this opportunity is not a fit with my priorities at this point in time. But thank you so much for considering. Now, you can see it's not... This is the no that comes from a place of kindness. It comes from a place of intention. It shows the person that I'm really clear on what my priorities are at the moment, which I know when someone comes back to me with a no and it's in this space, I have nothing but respect because I love someone who knows what their priorities are rather than just saying yes to me to try and squeeze me into the noise and then they show up and they're distracted and you don't really get the quality of what you were looking for anyway. So that's an example of how I might deliver a no. Now, the other no that might be helpful as an example in this little framework that I'm giving you, I know that so many people talk to me about having their plates full at work and they don't know how to say no to their boss. And it's hard to say no to a boss. I mean, this is the person who is, you know, gifting you the workload. <laughs> so I want to share a practice that I used to use when I worked in corporate that I found extremely helpful in delivering a no in a way that was intentional and kind. So if you are saying no to someone at work because you've got too much on your plate, especially your boss, what I would do is get clear on your top three priorities, okay? So what I used to say to my bosses, these are my top three priorities. So I understand the most important things, if nothing else gets done, are these three things. So let me share them. And that's all I'm focusing on at the moment because the reality is we do not have the capacity as human beings to do more than three priorities, okay? So I would then say to my boss, if you feel that what you're asking me is a higher priority, can you then let me know which one of the three priorities that I've just listed can drop off so that I can put it or put it, can I put it on the back burner? so that I can create the space for what you need me to do. Because sometimes we are going to have to do things that we don't want to do. But the beauty of this little experiment or delivering a, a no in this way means that whilst you might still have to do the task, you're not sitting there overloading yourself and adding more or, or putting more into a full pond, filling a full pond. Instead, you're asking for the space to be created in order to shift the other activity through. So try that. I know that used to work really well for me. And it's a brilliant exercise in demonstrating that you as an employee, especially to your boss, you are really clear on 
how to prioritize and you're clearly good at it. And it makes the decision for your boss in terms of how they help you manage your time really easy because it's like, here's my three priorities. You're asking me to do this other thing. What's going to swap out? Because we both know that, you know, we can't do more than these three. So try that on and see how it goes. Now, we're still in this number four, yeah, how to get your no on. So we've spoken about when you're delivering a no, acknowledge it, own it. So be completely honest, yeah, and say no and how to do that. The third thing is say no, right? So plain and simple, make sure you state, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. It's not possible, okay? So acknowledge, own the no, say no, consider a connect. Now, I love this little hack, right? Because this is a brilliant part of the framework where you can walk away. So many of us feel guilty when we deliver a no. If you consider a connect and help this person connect with someone that might be able to help them, how good is that, right? It's a no, but it's like, no, but you know what? There's someone over here that might be able to help you. So consider how else you might be able to help this person in what it is that they need to get done. Is there someone else you can connect them to that may be able to help? Is there a resource you are aware of that may assist them in planning the delivery of whatever it is that they're asking you to do? I often connect people to other people who may be able to help them with whatever it is that they're trying to do or make recommendations or send links. But think about that. Can you offer a connect to help this person so that when you're delivering a no, it's not like, no, I'm unhelpful and I just don't want to do it. You're saying, no, it's not aligned to my priorities. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And by the way, over here is something that might be helpful in you making this happen. And then the last thing in this little framework that I want to give you is don't apologize. So many times people deliver a no and then they apologize for their no. You don't need to be sorry for saying no, especially when it is intentional and you are very clear on why you are delivering that no. Yeah, here's the thing. You don't need to be sorry for giving yourself permission to focus on what matters to you. You should be doing the complete and utter opposite and high-fiving yourself, yeah, for doing a great job at practicing your no. So be very firm in the language that you use, but respectful, be confident in your no. Trust me, every no you deliver moves you closer to where you want to be and it makes every no that comes after that just a little easier. So practice number five, the final one. Now that one that I just shared with you was a bit longer because it was a framework within a practice. As I mentioned, there is a whole blog that goes through all of those steps and provides you with the examples that I will put in the show notes to help you navigate practicing delivering your no. It is powerful and I truly hope that off the back of today you do start to experiment with this. So practice number five is track and celebrate your no's. Now, why would we track and celebrate our no's? Because the more that we can see progress, the more that we can see momentum, the more that we celebrate the fact that we are doing or taking action that enables us to create space and time for the opportunities and the activities that do energise us, the more motivated we will be to continue to say no to things that are not in alignment. So how do you track and celebrate your success? Well, 
I would actually have somewhere visible a little tracker or use a habit tracker. I've recommended them in podcasts before. Productive is a great habit tracker. Habit ball is another one that you might want to try out. But basically track every time you deliver a no and you're quietly proud of yourself because it was uncomfortable but you did it anyway, track it in your habit tracker. And what I want to encourage you to do is that for every five intentional and conscious no's that you deliver, I want you to reward yourself. How do you reward yourself? I want you to create what I call a celebration menu. Write down five little actions you can undertake to celebrate your no. That could be absolutely anything. It might be once I've delivered five no's, I'm going to go and get a massage or once I've delivered five no's, I don't know, I'm going to invest in that online program that I've been wanting to do for ages. Create a little celebration menu and when you've delivered five no's that are intentional and conscious and enable you to create the space for more of what matters, go to your celebration menu and celebrate the shit out of it because this is such a powerful skill. It will fundamentally change your life and it will enable you to feel good about the things that you are investing your time in. So there you have it, five simple ways to start to tackle one of the challenges that I am asked about most of all, and that is how do I say no? I mean, it always astounds me. We should be teaching kids in school this stuff, how to say no and how to do it in a way that is kind and diplomatic but comes from a place of meaning and intention. So you've got your five little steps to start practicing, you know, and get it on off the back of today's podcast. If you have a friend or a group of followers who you feel might benefit from learning how to deliver a no with confidence, a no with intention and meaning, please feel free to share this episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. Equally, I would love to hear from you if you take on any of the practices in today's podcast and apply them in your everyday. Slide on over into my DMs on Instagram or Facebook and share with me what happens. I would absolutely love to hear. Nothing makes me happier than hearing from the Hacking Happiness tribe around how they are experimenting with the practices that I share. So please feel free to do that. I'd love to hear from you. Now, next week, we are continuing again on this theme that we've been carrying over the last couple of weeks, which is all about how to take back control of your time, how to create the space to focus, yeah, in order to inject more of what matters into each day, because I'm a firm believer, we can't fill a full pond. How do we actually take away and create space so that we can put back in things that actually are the things that we want to do. And so next week, I want us to have a conversation about exploring boundaries and how to set them to protect your time and create more space for the things that energise you. So I'm going to share how I set my boundaries, even down to how I schedule my calendar to make sure that I have space in every single day for the things that are most important to me. So if that's of interest, I'd love to have you back next week with us. But until then, happiness looks good on you and have a beautiful rest of the week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you, 
from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.